I'm Eileen Ray McCann for Circle of Blue, and here's What's Up With Water, your need-to-know news of the world's water. Residents of India's capital are struggling to cope with water shortages in the blistering summer months, and tensions have boiled over into fighting, injuries, and deaths. Monsoon season is soon arriving in New Delhi, which will offer some relief, but India is challenged by the most dire long-term water crisis in its history. Millions of lives and livelihoods are at risk, according to a report from a think tank chaired by Prime Minister Narendra Modi. According to the report, both New Delhi and Bengaluru, the nation's tech capital, will run short of groundwater in two years. Delhi is a city of 20 million, where summer temperatures can reach 45 Celsius or 113 Fahrenheit. When taps run dry in outlying districts, fights are common, as government water tankers are surrounded by crowds desperate to fill containers and buckets. One incident in March left two people dead. A police official noted that the water tankers are like a drop in an ocean compared to the needs of a huge population. Private water tankers sometimes visit, but charge high prices. Government officials admit that water supplies in Delhi are uneven, with some residents in densely populated areas getting only a fraction of what those in government and military areas receive. In other places, leaky pipes and water theft divert nearly half of the water going to households. Stolen water is sold for high profits by Delhi's so-called tanker mafia. Of the city's 27 administrative units, over half have overexploited groundwater, according to the Central Groundwater Board, with only five units characterized as safe. Extensive studies suggest that New Delhi as a whole uses 20% more groundwater each year than is recharged. Water has become a luxury in Venezuela as reservoirs dry up and broken pipes flood communities. Now the military have taken over top jobs in the water sector. With a collapsing economy, President Nicolas Maduro's regime has given military officers control over food and water, according to Bloomberg News. Water is supposed to be subsidized in socialist Venezuela, costing little each month. But the pipes in Caracas have languished for three decades, and repair crews have dwindled to a tenth of their previous numbers. Pumps are failing, and two emergency water reservoirs are critically low, or totally empty. Water service is sometimes shut down for up to 48 hours. The president recently named a new water minister, whom he said would help meet the United Nations Millennium Development Goals. A former head of the state water utility said that the water sector has been taken over because the government believes that the military can restore order. If on top of this institutional incompetence you add a dry year, he noted, then the consequences are tremendous. Latin American development banks have loaned Venezuela over a half a billion dollars for water projects in the last decade without significant progress. An unofficial report from a Venezuelan charity that serves the poorest communities in four states found that only 27 percent of families had a continuous supply of safe water from the state. About 65 percent had access fewer than three days a week. Private tankers had been supplementing water needs for those who are able to pay, but water sellers say that military officers are now commandeering trucks, forcing drivers to send their cargo to government buildings, military residences, 
or private homes. Soldiers are also blocking access to springs and wells. Venezuela's defense ministry declined to comment on the military's moves into water distribution. The U.S. Supreme Court gave Florida a narrow win over Georgia in a dispute over water supply. Florida sought to limit Georgia's use of a shared river system, complaining that Georgia's withdrawals harmed Florida's ecology and economy. The special master that the court appointed to consider the case had recommended that the justices side with Georgia. However, in a 5-4 ruling last week, the court said that the special master should reconsider Florida's argument that limits for Georgia would mean more water downstream. Georgia is where the Chattahoochee River begins. At the border with Florida, it joins the Flint River and becomes the Apalachicola River. The Apalachicola flows into Apalachicola Bay and the Gulf of Mexico. The basin provides water for metro Atlanta and a multi-billion dollar agriculture industry in southwestern Georgia. In Florida, it supports an internationally recognized estuary that was once a leading oyster producer and remains key to the local economy. For decades, Georgia and Florida have skirmished over how to share the rivers. In this case, Florida sought limits on Georgia's use, arguing that allowing more water to flow to the Gulf would restore the productivity of the bay. Georgia disagreed, saying that water cutbacks will risk its metropolitan economy and agriculture sectors without any real proof that this will benefit the bay. It blames the collapse of the Apalachicola oyster fishery on over-harvesting, not a lack of fresh water. The special master assigned by the court reviewed years of reports by experts, many of them conflicting. He conducted a five-week trial and tried to get the states to settle things themselves. Despite scores of attorneys, there was no compromise. So the special master delivered his own decision, that Georgia's upstream agricultural water use has been largely unrestrained and that Florida has been harmed by decreased river flow. However, he added, even if he ruled for Florida, there was no guarantee that reduced consumption in Georgia would mean more water in Florida. Five of the justices believed that the special master was too strict on that point. They charged him to do further fact-finding into whether Georgia is using too much water and, if so, whether Florida could significantly benefit from limits on Georgia. The justices did not split along ideological lines, with two conservatives joining three liberal justices in the majority. Florida hailed the decision as a victory, although that means the legal struggle will continue. In the last four years, Florida taxpayers have spent $57 million on the case. And that's What's Up With Water. We'd like to share what's up where you are. Tweet us with your water news at circleofblue hashtag what's up with water.